0: Father in heaven, we thank you for another opportunity to explore what's going on in this world as it relates to your plan for us as individuals and for this world. And we ask that you'd give us clarity and understanding as we explore these themes in the prophecies of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to 11th Hour Dispatch. I'm Scott Ritzema. Your host for another 30 minutes of news and information that are relevant today. What's happening in our world today? How do we understand that from a biblical perspective? Well, we covered on the broadcast yesterday the increasing violence and civil unrest and tensions and divisions and hatred that's happening in our country and how tragic and sad this is, particularly when it becomes violent rhetoric and actions for that matter. And ended up on the broadcast yesterday with a little snippet, just a little quote from the Black Lives Matter website in terms of, you know, officially what is this group all about. And, you know, on the front there's always some some good causes and many people involved with organizations that might otherwise not be pure and good. And those people being completely good intentioned and having correct ideas about many things. But when you read this statement from the, uh, you know, what we're all about, homepage, front page of the blacklivesmatter.com website, you start to get a little bit of a picture that this there's more to this movement than meets the eye. And as Christians, we want to be very careful who we yoke ourselves up with to not be equally yoked with a agenda or worldview or anything that is contrary to God and God's plan. And I'm quoting from the website right now. It says, we are committed to disrupting the nuclear family. And it goes on to say that villages, the so-called proverbial collective, it says villages collectively care for, quote, our children. Now, if you know anything about this philosophy and this agenda that the children belong to the collective, belong to the state, and that the family is an archaic institution that is outmoded and irrelevant and oppressive and needs to be done away with. We are committed to disrupting the nuclear family and instead having villages collectively care for, quote, our children. Now, when I hear people refer to my children or the children of other families that I know are raising them to know the Lord and keeping them out of the public schools and away from worldly media. Immediately, I uh, I cringe a bit when I hear official collectivist-minded voices saying, these are our children. And I say, no, they're not. They're God's children. And God has given to parents the responsibility to raise and train and educate And disciple those children that they might be followers of Jesus Christ and missionaries for his gospel effort, bringing the message of the three angels of Revelation 14 to the lost, to those who've never heard of this great hopeful message of the soon coming of Jesus and what we must do now to prepare for that great day of Jesus soon coming. That's the whole purpose of the family is to draw our children into a relationship with Jesus Christ so that they can be happy, healthy, and a blessing to others so that they can have a whole and balanced life, not become the automatons that the media and the worldly schools are seeking to create in children to make them servants of some massive social engineering experiment where this collective village is going to seize the children from the loving care of parents and indoctrinate them into a system of world collectivism with a new age overlay and a whole lot of different weird humanistic and darwinistic ideas that are being inculcated into the minds of the youth we could go on and on and on with that but this statement from blacklivesmatter.com tells me that this is an organization that is not only interested in making sure that Police prosecutions of criminals are done justly without excessive uses of force and without racial bias. Those, of course, are good intentions. We should all be about that. But my friends, do not link up with organizations that come out and say, we're, trying, we're here to disrupt the family. We're trying to do away with the concept of the nuclear family, mother and father, children in the home, Deuteronomy 6 style. Deuteronomy 6 says, fathers and mothers, parents, hide these words of God in your heart and teach them to your children. Yes, they are our children, meaning mom and dad's children. And talk about these commandments as you rise up and as you lie down and as you walk by the way. That's what Deuteronomy 6 says. It puts the role of parenting and educating and discipling the children in the hands of parents. That's God's design in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, a unit, one flesh, Subsequently to have children be fruitful and multiply God instituted the family before there was ever sin The family is not some sort of, you know, uh, old-fashioned notion that we progress beyond No, it is the height of the progress that God is bringing to this world to restore the family because after all when you read the prophecies It says that the elijah message uh, The elijah message is what malachi predicted would precede the coming of the messiah And John the Baptist was, Jesus said, was the Elijah who was to come. John the Baptist presented the Elijah message to the people of his generation preceding the revelation of the Messiah, his first coming. Now, the same thing. It says in Malachi 4 that before the great and dreadful day of the Lord, in other words, before the end of time, there will be an Elijah message. And it's described in a particular way. It says, the hearts of the fathers and the children will be turned one to another once again. A revival of family. The hearts of the fathers will be turned to the children. The hearts of the children will be turned to the fathers and mothers, presumably as well. The family will be reunited. And this breakdown of the most precious and and, and important religious and social, social institution in the world, the family, the breakdown of this institution will be reversed. Bible prophecy says. And that doesn't mean universally. That doesn't mean everybody. But there will be a movement. It says among a remnant. When it says that the spirit of God will come upon the sons and daughters. The young men. The young women. And that, that they will be calling out a remnant. Out from the world. Out from Babylon. Revelation verses uh, chapters 14 and 17 talk about Babylon is fallen. This This false deception. Of the Of the fallen versions of the worldly deception, come out of Babylon, my people says the Lord. Now you can learn a whole lot more about Babylon, about these prophecies, about the last days, by digging in and studying. We've got a couple of segments covering news right now, but I want to point you to and write this down and go there and plug it into your phone, pull over your car if you're listening on the radio, hit pause if you're listening on an mp3 write, go to this website, I mention it all the time because we've got to get into the word of God at this crucial time in earth's history where everything is beginning to fall apart dot BibleProphecyTruth.com. BibleProphecyTruth.com will identify Babylon, the Antichrist the beast power, in other words, or the little horn power, the mark of the beast, all of this is identifiable in the Bible. The Bible interprets itself and it's very clear. BibleProphecyTruth.com I urge you and implore you to study that. Because when we look at the news, these are just little tidbits, little, little crumbs pointing toward the big meal of studying the prophecies in the Bible. How about this one? Three people are dead, including two court bailiffs, following a shooting at the Berrien County courthouse in St. Joseph's Michigan, jo- St. Joseph Michigan on Monday. The police officer was also wounded in the attack according to local media. The gunshots were heard around 2:20 p.m. local time and by 3 p.m. the shooter was declared dead with Sheriff Paul Bailey stating that the situation was under control. They had a gentleman in there in his jail greens and handcuffs witness Mark Locus La- told WSJM, one of the sheriff's bailiffs took him into another hallway and you heard a scuffle and you heard someone hit the floor. Then the court bailiff went into that room and you heard a gunshot. Tragic events continuing as the breakdown of the civil order that we've seen seems to be, as it's been said, the veneer of civilization is very thin. First gay reality dating TV show to debut in the fall. Oh, yes, the agenda doesn't stop with the nonstop, you know, onslaught of pushing these things in the political and religious spheres and the cultural spheres. It continues to having a gay reality dating TV show debut in the fall. Now, we've got to look at geopolitical issues, though, because the big news this week is what you hear about China and the. Appeals that were made about China's territorial claims in the South China Sea where they had run into conflict with other nations who were using these waters as economic trading routes taking ships through or the Philippines who say that they have claims to these territories. So Chinese President Xi Jinping has ordered the People's Liberation Army to prepare for combat as a measure against possible hostile U.S. action in the South China Sea after an international tribunal ruled that Beijing had no exclusive control over the area. So international tribunal at The Hague said, no, your your claims to these waters and these man-made islands that you've been building to extend your territory out into common international waters are false and fraudulent. And China says, all right, well, we better prepare for war then. Prepare for combat is what the PLA has been told. The Permanent Court of Arbitration said that there was no evidence that China had historically exercised exclusive control over the waters or resources, reports the BBC. China responded by labeling the ruling ill-founded and refused to be bound by it. However, behind the scenes... President of China fears of the Communist Party, of course, that the United States could seize upon the ruling to justify aggressive military maneuvers in the area, and he has ordered PLA forces to prepare for war. He has reportedly ordered them to prepare for combat. U.S.-based Boxing News said when, Tuesday that the instruction was given in case the United States were to take provocative action in the waters once the ruling was made. A U.S. aircraft carrier and fighter jets were also already sent into the region in anticipation of the ruling, with the Chinese Navy also carrying out exercises near the disputed Paracel Islands. Last October, China had said that it was, quote, not frightened to fight a war with the United States. Folks, do you realize what that would look like? I mean, this is not something that is some minor little disagreement and skirmish here. If this were to turn into something real, as George Soros said, he says there is a real danger that China will align itself with Russia politically and militarily, and then the threat of Third World War becomes real. That's not me saying that. The Bible said there would be wars and rumors of wars as an indicator of the last days. George Soros, top globalist, top billionaire, one of the top elites in the world, says this is a very real possibility and others saying that this th- th- this likelihood is, is greater than at any point in the last 20 years in terms of conflict between the United States and China. So we'll pray for peace, pray for those old angels to hold back the four winds of strife, symbolically speaking, from Revelation 7. We'll be right back. You're listening to 11th Hour Dispatch with author, teacher, and speaker Scott Ritzmer. For more programs and information, visit 11thHourDispatch.com. Did you know that heavily rhythmic music, which is basically all popular music today, can actually alter your state of consciousness? Musician William Ora explains, quote, we had discovered something that people knew eons ago, that polyrhythms can be used for hypnotic induction, for altered states of consciousness, even for soul travel. And drummer and percussion scholar Mickey Hart agrees. Everywhere you look around the world, he says people are using drums to alter consciousness i have discovered along with many others the extraordinary power of music particularly percussion to influence the human mind and body and Jimi hendrix said we make our music so loose and hard-hitting that it hits your soul hard enough to make it open get informed folks truth is stranger than fiction google the words media on the brain to learn more For merciful save your precious redeemer and friend Who would have thought that a lamb could rescue the souls of men? Oh you rescue the souls of men. back. This is 11th hour dispatch and the website is 11thhourdispatch.com. 11thhourdispatch.com where you can look at all the previous broadcasts and other matters of pertinence. We're going to shift gears now into economic news and then some health news. Zero Hedge reports the quote mystery of who is pushing stocks to all-time highs. Has been solved. And if you didn't notice, earlier this week, the stock markets in the United States of America hit all-time highs. You know, that's very, very meager growth over the last year plus. It's it's basically flat over the past year, and it's just nudged above where it was at its high last year. And you might say, well, how is this possible in the midst of economic woes and signals and signs of further economic, global economic slowdown. Well, stock markets across the globe are still down uh, pretty significantly. The United States is the exception to that, being pushed to all-time highs. And so there's a perception in this country that all is well in the global economy, but you just wait. The, if economic law will have its way, and, and the Lord can, can withhold the... The, uh, the four angels standing at the four winds of the four corners of the earth holding back those winds of strife. And so, you know, these things can be uh, – the can can be kicked down the road, if you will, in terms of the inevitable. inevitable. But, you know, what can't go on forever won't go on forever, economically speaking. And so you might wonder, okay, you see a lot of institutional investors and the big smart money, de, you know, not deleveraging but removing their investments from – the equities markets and moving into more safe haven crisis types of hedges that they're that they're betting on. So why do then the stocks continue to rise? Well, it says it here in the zero hedge article. A surge in net global central bank asset per- purchases is now the highest since 2013. So that's part of what's pushing the continued Growth in stock values is the fact that there are central banks and institutional sort of plunge protection types of buyers and purchasers of stocks that are pushing the values higher. They've they've really jumped in, maybe to stave off what is appearing to be a pretty significant economic slowdown and series of events that could spiral into something rather serious and, and catastrophic. And so. These, these, these events have been taking place in recent weeks, even though net selling has been taking place. Values have been going up because central banks stepping in to purchase stocks at the highest rate since 2013. Speaking of economics, Mises.org reports, we now know what happened after Janet Yellen increased the federal funds rate this past December with a mere quarter point percentage point increase. And this is what happened. The delinquency rate on commercial and industrial loans increased 50%. Delinquency, delinquency rate means the, what percentage of outstanding loans are behind or heading into default territory, delinquent loans. That, that the delinquency rate of commercial and industrial loans jumped 50% in a single quarter. From that, I mean, that's huge. That's big right there. And the article goes on and asks some very important questions. Why is nobody paying attention to this seemingly undeniable shift in the credit, credit cycle? Why does the Federal Open Market Committee, the FOMC, not even mention it? Why are the alarm bells not ringing in both Fed boardrooms and the financial press? Well, it goes on and says the fact that delinquency rates no longer decreased but began to increase is always a clear warning signal for a recession, at least during the past 20 years. 100% of the time that you've seen delinquency rates rise, a recession has followed. Now that's pretty significant in terms of indicators, because there are some indicators that throw out a false positive every now and then, and it's not a hundred percent. But this one has been a hundred percent, so you can count on what comes next. In the event of the status quo maintaining the, st- the maintaining itself, there are always efforts with money printing and, and quantitative easing and bond purchasing and, and all sorts of things that tools in the bag of central banks to. Manipulate and stimulate the economy. But reading on in the article, it says, in the first quarter of the Great Recession in 2008, delinquency rates were only 1.45%. We have already gone above that level. So there are more corporate and industrial, uh, commercial and industrial defaults and delinquent loans now than during the Great Recession of 2008. On the flip side, however, we should not ignore that it took three years of rising delinquency rates before the economy entered into the 2001 recession. So credit cycles are not an exact science. So it could be a little while, but the indicator is there. Delinquency rate in Europe is also on the rise. Yet we do have a single. We do have to single out the countries that skew the eurozone average. Italian banks, in particular, are suffering from an unbelievably high delinquency rate the delinquency rate in Italy is at such extreme levels that the country might turn the Euro crisis into front page news again. So we'll watch for that. Greece obviously made that front page news last year in terms of the, the banking crisis that they were having. People couldn't even withdraw funds from the bank in excess of like $40 or something like that. U S in equivalency of us dollars. So, Who knows what will happen next and when, but we do know that it's not looking good. Although prophetic events, when things get bad in the world, you know, that does mean that kind of like labor pangs, birth pangs, even though it's bad and painful, we know there's something good coming later. Let's get on to the health news. Medical Express reports, eating more fruits and vegetables can substantially increase happiness levels. I was thrilled to read this. It helps me understand why my happiness levels have increased so much over recent years since I've personally eating more fruits and vegetables. Well, let's read the report. University of Warwick research indicates that eating more fruits and vegetables can substantially increase people's later happiness levels. To be published shortly in the prestigious American Journal of Public Health, the study is one of the first major scientific attempts to explore psychological well-being beyond the traditional finding that fruit and vegetables can reduce risk of cancer and heart attacks. You already know that. You know that fruits. eating tons of fruits and vegetables Other than exercise is like the best thing you can do for your health. Number one, you want a simple health program to revolutionize your physical health, give you more energy and stave off the highest risks of disease. Exercise every day. Eat a lot of fruits and vegetables. It's not like some mysterious, you know, fad diet that some guru has to come up with. Just live the way that your grandmother did. Eat a lot of fruits and vegetables and get outside and do do real stuff and don't live behind a TV screen or in a desk in a chair. So happiness benefits were detected for each extra daily portion of fruit and vegetables up to eight portions per day. So you can add eight portions of fruits and vegetables. And for each one of those portions, you increase your happiness level. It's not like diminishing marginal returns here where, you know, you might as well only add one or two because the additional ones aren't going to help much. No, you just pile on the vegetables, eight more portions per day. The research, and who knows, did they try 9 or 10 or 11? It doesn't say. But if you ate just, just purely a plant-based diet, that's the best diet you can have. Just eating fruits and vegetables, whole grains, nuts, seeds, legumes, you name it, all of it, just plants, just eating what God made for Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden is the healthiest diet you can have. The researchers concluded... That people who changed from almost no fruit and veggies to eight portions of fruit and veggies a day would experience an increase of, in life, life satisfaction equivalent to, get this, equivalent to moving from unemployment to employment. I mean, when somebody's unemployed, they're in the doldrums, life is hard, a lot of depression sometimes, just feeling low, not active, etc. You move from that to having a job and you feel really good about yourself, life satisfaction, happiness goes up, you're productive, it increases good brain chemicals, get your body moving, and all of a sudden you feel way better, right? When you go from unemployment to employment, eating fruits and vegetables instead of not eating. You know, you you live on, you know, um, white flour and just anything that's not whole food, plant-based fruits and vegetables. You live on donuts and pizza and you know, macaroni and cheese and whatever, and you're not eating any fruits and vegetables, then you add eight portions of fruits and vegetables into your day. You get as much happiness out of that as somebody who goes from not having a job to somebody who who becomes gainfully and uh, enjoyably employed. That's exciting news. And it also says that the well-being improvements occurred within 24 months. Within 24 months. So it's not like, the health effects, which sometimes are delayed, and you're like, okay, if I eat healthy in my 30s, the chances that I'll die of a heart attack in my 60s are lower. Well, it's kind of delayed and you know distant and detached, and so a lot of people don't really make life decisions based upon things like that. But this one, you're going to start feeling better very soon. The study followed more than 12,000, study on cancer here. 12,000 randomly, randomly selected people, and these subjects kept food diaries and had their psychological well-being measured. The authors found, this is, this is again on, on, on the psychological be- benefits, not on cancer, I misspoke. The authors found large positive psychological benefits within two years of an improved diet. Professor Andrew Oswald said, quote, eating fruits and vegetables apparently boosts our happiness far more quickly than it improves human health. People's motivation to eat healthy food is weakened by the fact that the physical health benefits, such as protecting against cancer, accrue decades later. However, well-being improvements from increased consumption of fruits and vegetables are closer to immediate. And actually, you do feel better sooner than 24 months because you have more energy. And when you have more energy, you've got more brain energy. You've got more brain power, more physical power. You, You don't feel as sluggish when you get off of the garbage food. So it's going to happen a lot faster than that. Mercury News reports, employees at San Francisco startup NutriBox don't eat on Tuesdays. You heard that right. The weekly fast at this company with employees is not an extreme money-saving effort to, to save money from not eating food. No. It says here that they stop eating on Monday night in order to improve their workplace focus and attention on Tuesday. And what did they find? What does fasting do for you? And consult your physician, obviously. But he says we're actually super productive on Tuesdays. Says co-founder and CEO Jeffrey Wu. He says it's hard at first. Yes, the first time you fast, it's miserable. But do it every week. You know, a 24-hour fast. Just eat, eat just breakfast, and then and then don't eat till to the, the next breakfast the next day. If you do that once a week or so, every other week. You find it becomes easier and you become more productive and you have more energy. It cleanses the system, gives your digestive system a break. And these guys find they're more productive at work. Isn't that something? But they call it hacking their brain chemistry. I found that to be humorous. Only in the 21st century would we call an ancient health practice like fasting. Hacking your brain chemistry. But my friends, if you want to call it that, God's created us to not overload the system. and be eating all the time. Take breaks, just like a Sabbath rest at the, at the seventh day of the week. Take breaks periodically from eating as well. You'll find benefits. To financially support this broadcast, visit 11 thhourdispatchcom Here's Scott Ritzema with another final minute message. Television or a screen for video games is a pain of glowing phosphor dots, and the person never loses the illusion that there is a world behind the pain. When you're watching the game, when you're watching the TV, this is not real. But the visual system doesn't know it's not real. You're experiencing as if it is real. What you see, you're experiencing as if it is your reality. Another expert on this, Iowa State, says what happens is that people often suspend disbelief and immerse themselves cognitively in the environment. Immersion. So video gaming is not just a distraction. Like TV is a distraction, silly novels. You know, when it used to be a fantasy novel, this was more difficult to do with text. Reading about dragons and elves and all sorts of nonsense. But with visual images, it happens instantly. Visually, images seem to have the ability to immerse and enchant us. With or without our permission. Brought to you by Belt of Truth Ministries.org.